opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning, Low Country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard exclusively here on 94.3 WSC. Happy New Year. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox. Here this morning, we got like a party going on in the studio. I know. I'm like sitting back going, who are you going to introduce first? We've I love got, it. Like, yeah, well, four you, people up in here. Oh, Leslie well, thank Haywood. You. Thank you. The lovely and talented Happy New Year, Leslie. Happy New Year. I know. I can't believe here we are, 2019. We are Let's indeed. Let's do it. And we also have in the studio, Byron Stahl. Hey, good morning. Glad to be here. We it's got a party. A, yeah, we got a busy weekend of football ahead of us between NFL today, tomorrow, and then Clemson on Monday. Go Tigers. We want to pull it home for the home state, so national championship on That's the line. That's right. Go Tigers. Hopefully everybody had a great holiday, ready for 2019. I know we are here. We're fired up this morning on this fine Saturday morning. And uh, why don't we kick off this morning before we get into today's guest here on Beyond the Business. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about 2018. Certainly uh, a banner year for us. We've had on some amazing guests throughout the year talking about entrepreneurship and leadership and just really sharing their wisdom with us, which we so much appreciate. Uh, When you look back over the year, Leslie, um, any big takeaways or thoughts that you have from the show this past year? Well, I think it uh, it always um, resonates with me because I know that there were struggles that I went through, but that no one gets out of this entrepreneurship thing unscathed. There's always the adversity that people tend to bring up when we interview them. And, you know, it might be my Barbara Walters style or whatever, but you, we usually we, bring we, people to we tears, get yes. that out of out of them. But it's amazing that that is where most of the triumph comes from. And so I think that's something that we can all take away is when you're facing adversity, whether it's in life or in business, that there is usually something better or there's at least a very valuable lesson right on the other side if you can just get get to that point get it through get get through that's right what about you i love um just the the fact that the spirit of entrepreneurship is so alive here in the low country it is that there are so many people going after it here in the low country building businesses fighting the fight like you said going through the struggles and doing it and uh, the fact that they come on this show week in and week out and open up themselves and are mm-hmm. transparent. Yes. And tell. I mean, we've had some stories told on this show. I know. It's incredible. Yes. Um, we've had some really great stories. And and that's what I love about it is to hear kind of what goes on behind the scenes and the reality of it. Um, it's just again the spirit of entrepreneurship is absolutely alive and well here in the Low Country, and we are blessed to have the opportunity mm-hmm. to share that with all of our listeners here uh, this morning and those who join us via podcast yes 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 thank you to all of our guests again like you said the transparency is i think that's what makes this show really special is that it is not all um sunshine rainbows and unicorns yeah 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 yeah. we get into some serious stuff you're you're tough yeah you're you're really tough (laughs) 
Byron, how about you? Any major takeaways for the year? Yeah, Leslie's got to pry out all the goods, all the goods. Well, yeah, I guess we might as well give a third nugget in there. My, you know, my biggest takeaway is behind every successful entrepreneur is great people. You know, every single person that we've interviewed that has found success in their business and have gone through uh, hardships and all the above, they've surrounded themselves with amazing people and an amazing team. So, if you're thinking about starting a business or if you're thinking about growing, that's usually a great place to start. Well, uh, you know, you mentioned great people. Uh, that includes the spouses, right? Certainly there's been a lot of conversation around that. And I bring that up strategically this morning because I would like to congratulate Mr. Byron Stahl, who got engaged mm. over the holidays. Oh, so thank you, Eric. You just added wow. another great person to your team for sure. Or uh, she she uh, did as well, I guess, right? Yeah, so congrats no, I'm a, to you. I'm a, I'm a lucky man. Absolutely. So a lot to be excited about. Wow, nice. Yeah, Congratulations, Byron. So in case uh, you did not get a chance to listen to any of our shows last year, or for a matter of fact, the last several shame years, shame on you, shame <laughs> on you, but you have not missed your opportunity, simply go to our website at coastalwm.com. All you have to do there on the front page is click on the radio icon, and we have a podcast of all of our shows for the last, believe this or not, four years wow. on there. So. Uh, you, you want an opportunity to listen to more stories of entrepreneurship and leadership, certainly click on there and spend some time with those great leaders that we have in the community. And so we're going to kick off here 2019 with another guest, as always. And today we have Miss Jocelyn Lamond in the studio, who is the co-owner of The Refuge Restaurant over on Isle of Palms. Jocelyn, first of all, welcome and thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. We're excited to have you. Um, anybody feeling a little hungry this morning? <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready for brunch. You know, Jocelyn, <laughs> most of our guests bring us, you know, like a product, or you could have brought like breakfast this morning That's or something, right? That's not true. That's not true. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually just saying that. Make her feel bad. I, I got to be honest. I had dinner last night at the refuge. Did you? So I get to speak, yeah, firsthand about it. But uh, Jocelyn, we're going to dive into your history and your background. We're going to hear more about the food. I know. Restaurant. I do want to hear about the food. It's, and we're going to talk about oh, that. Yeah. The, the jazz was phenomenal. I will say that. Um, but just give us a real quick. 20-second commercial on The Refuge. The Refuge, well, it's funny listening to you guys talking about your takeaways on this because, for me, The Refuge is the people, and it absolutely, I guess you'll hear about my my story, why I wanted to call this redemption, because I did have a big failure business-wise in the past, and The Refuge is, wait. is really sort of the answer to that. It, it grew out of a couple of things, but it was Sounds try, like a great trying to story. do it right. It's going to be a great show. Go get that coffee warmed up. Uh, here we go. We're ready to dive in. So who wants to start us off this morning? Yeah, I'll start us off. Jocelyn, we, we call this, you know, beyond the business. So we're going to start, well, beyond the business and start at the very beginning. So tell us about where you grew up and what was your uh, family like? I grew up in California in the San Joaquin Valley from a huge, boisterous, happy family. Uh, uh, there were seven kids. Not Catholic, <laughs> which is always right, the question right, that's we the get. Next question, right? <laughs> always. Uh, but I'm sixth of seven, and I am what I, I think of myself as invisibly confident. When you're when you're sixth of seven, you're kind of right there. You're not the young, not the old, not the middle. Uh, you sort of make your way. You figure it out. Uh, but it was it was really a, a wonderful kind of magical childhood with everybody around. And what did your parents do? My father was a neurosurgeon 
And my mother oh, wow. uh, worked a little bit uh, after college. She was a home ec major and taught a little bit. And then she was a stay-at-home mom. Stay-at-home mom. Because it's interesting. Sometimes we have true entrepreneurial parents and they kind of suck all of their kids in. So, you know, you didn't really have that. Not at all. Up. No, not at all. So as a youngster, did you have some dream when you grew up? Here's what I want to be. Yes. Survive a house Rock of seven. Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, when I met my future husband at law school, he told me my dream was pretty pedestrian because I always wanted to be a movie star. <laughs> Going to acting. Well, you grew up in California. I grew up in California. So uh, give us a sense uh, as a kid what school was like for you and uh, how were you as a student and activities and all that great stuff. So one of the things, my father was a renaissance man through and through. So academics and athletics were both really, really stressed. And we, um, we all competed with each other. To try and be the best athlete, the best student, all these things. So, I uh, I did pretty well in school. It was always sort of an easy thing for me, and I loved sports from the time I was a little kid. In fact, um, it's a little bit of a boast, but in high school, uh, I was the first girl to ever receive four varsity letters in a single year. There was a big ceremony for me, and it nice. was it was fun, and wow, it made my dad proud. That's, that was pretty <laughs> incredible. It was fun. What were the what were the sports? So it was track, badminton, tennis, and back then they lettered you for song. I was a song leader, so it was like cheerleading, song leading. Wow, that's pretty great. So it sounds fun. like you were quite the exemplary student. Uh, well, maybe not exemplary, but I did. <laughs> I did. I, I liked school. I really did. Gotcha. So yeah. did you have, did, when you were in high school, did you still have an aspiration to be a movie star or did you have other aspirations while you were still in high school? Yeah, I pretty quickly let go of the childhood dream of acting. You know, I acted through high school. Um, is, is it a California thing it when is. you grow up it in California? Is. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. My brother and I used to watch That's Entertainment, those those movies of all the old golden Hollywood, and, you know, just dream about that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it was I, – I never truly pictured it as – it, but it was just this little, little warm and fuzzy around you all the time. You think, ooh, I'm going to go into – Acting. Into, into acting. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever, I mean, looking at daddy being in the medical field? No, it's what? funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't. I really didn't. I uh, am queasy around blood, all that. But although my oldest brother is a neurosurgeon as well. He oh, went wow. into the field. Yeah. So, She's queasy around blood, yet she went on to become an attorney originally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, sorry to all my Read into friends. that as you will. Right, um, right, right. So, so you, you ended up over at UC Berkeley? At UC Berkeley, for your undergrad. yeah. And again, yeah. it sounds like you were uh, very involved in sports and yeah. activities and all that great stuff. But yeah. had you at that point decided you were going to go into law school or did that come No, later? I majored in rhetoric. Uh, well, I double majored in rhetoric and French. And I spent a year studying in France. And then when I came back, uh, I really wasn't ready to be done with school. So I knew I wanted to go into some kind of graduate school. And rhetoric was just a perfect kind of breeding ground for, for going into law. Well, tell us what it was like living in France for a year. It was wonderful. Yeah. I was enrolled in a university in Montpellier, um, lived in the dorms with the students everything was in french you know it was it was a really immersive wonderful experience 
and how old were you during these years? So that was my third year abroad. So third year college. Okay, and, and then you there. came back. You came and back. again with with the rhetoric, and I, I don't even know what that is. It like, is the <laughs> the art of argumentation. And at that time, there were very few, oh, so very it's either few law or politics. Yeah, well, that's my right. wife says that's I have right. a master's degree in rhetoric. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey. (laughs) Shout out. Shout out. So then you came back, and that's when you decided that law was for you. Right. Then I applied to law school. And and I knew I was always going to live on the West Coast, so I decided to apply to law schools on the East Coast so that I could go experience that for a few years. Oh, Um, how much you know. What place other in the entire country would you want to go study law than the great Washington, D.C., right? Right. Yeah. Right. And so you went through law school and then what happened after that? Met my husband, Neil, um, and he's from the Bronx. So no disrespect to any of the Bronx loving people around. But I told him when we got married, no way could I live there. Um, He ended up getting just an incredible job in Washington. So we decided to stay right there and ride it out for a while. Um, And always with the thought in the back of our minds that we would end up in California. But uh, we landed in Bethesda right outside D.C., uh, and it would, it turned into just a wonderful place to raise the kids. And So even though he was East Coast, he was still ready to— He was ready to go to California. The dream was to go out yeah. West with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And you say he had a great job. What, what, did you get, what did you do right out of law school? Right out of law school, I worked for uh, a group called the Benefits Review Board. It's a, a small group within the Department of Labor, and we did— Black lung disease and longshoremen work. All the, any of their appeals came to this final board, and we were their their final chance. So, in spirit of our show, is there a moment as you're going through school or work as a lawyer that you think, man, you know, I've got this bug for entrepreneurship resting inside of me, and one day that's going to come out? Yes, um, I would say it probably started way back in college i would sketch out different ideas for businesses um even when i was working for the benefits review board i'd sit there and i had a million ideas and the problem for most of us who have these creative ideas is that follow through like you think oh this would be a great idea and then it it the steps from great idea to making it happen are pretty daunting so those just kind of sit on your shelf and um, Neil and I would laugh at the number of little business ideas I had that I never did anything with. And then we'd see it if somebody else had done it. I'm like, oh, darn it. Um, so I think I've always had that sort of I, I like to think about what could be. Um, but I follow through was follow through. Now, did he tough. ever encourage any of those? Always, oh. always. <laughs> um, so he was a supportive husband with your ideas. Yes. It just didn't- yeah. Yeah. I just it was you it was you it was it, yeah it, yeah and so now um at this point um what are your thoughts like what takes you out of Maryland or do you stay there for a while we stayed there until all the kids were through school um and our, oh, so you were a working mom you were a no lawyer. I stopped so we have three kids um and I I stopped working Pretty early on when I when I had the kids uh, stayed at home with them, our youngest had some learning disabilities and some issues where I needed to be at home with her. Um, so and I had never made a decision to stop working. It just kind of fell into place. I just it, home was where I needed to be. That's where I was. 
So tell us about when you finally did decide to follow through on your entrepreneurial spirit. I think back in 2003, you made your first dive into the entrepreneurial waters. Tell us a little bit about that. So a very, very dear friend of ours uh, got in touch with me, and he had been approached to get involved in a restaurant in Washington, D.C., and asked if I wanted to be involved. And mostly that involvement was just money. Uh, somebody else was doing it, and he was throwing some money in, and I decided, okay, it might be kind of fun. I'll throw some money in there. Um, and we did just about everything you could do wrong as investors in a business. You know, we had no control over anything, and, and the, the guy that was putting the whole deal together was a crook. And so it was just, we were open, our doors were open for three weeks, a beautiful spot in Georgetown. And then he was gone. Three weeks? <laughs> so, yeah, oh, it was just awful. Wow. It was just awful. So uh, walk, I mean, yeah, it, walk us through some of the learning experience, some of the red flags and hindsight that you might have noticed, because a lot of our listeners get approached all the time from yeah. people saying, hey, invest in my XYZ business. So this yeah. is a, probably a very vital point. So um, the the biggest, biggest, biggest mistake we made was we were the investors with no control. So if ever I, you know, I was going to be putting money in a business, I was just going to retain control of that business. You know, it's, you can't, you can't give it up because then when failure starts happening, you have no ability to jump in and do anything. Um, it was, it, it was a pretty awful, impotent feeling as we watched it all imploding. <laughs> yeah. How, how far into the process did you realize there was trouble? So the whole thing was pretty quick um, the, because by the time Frank, my my friend, approached me, the you know the the space was already there. They already had all the everything was ready to go. They needed a, a, an infusion of capital to you know. Which you do would the think initiative. is a better um, risk than starting from the scratch exactly. beginning. I mean, exactly. it's already there. It's ready to and, and and it would be uh, if we had done a bit more due diligence on this man that uh. you know painted himself as somebody with the ability to run this place. Instead, he ran to Baja, California. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So if you look back and, and uh, you talked about, you know, you used to scratch out all these ideas and Neil was like, go for it, do this, do that. And your first entrepreneurial venture really isn't you doing it. Exactly. It's backing somebody else. Exactly. Had, um, right. What's the takeaway from that? Right. What's the advice you would give others? Uh, the retention of control, truly. I mean, it is it because I wouldn't want to say that um, going with somebody else's idea is a bad idea because I, I think I think that is a fun way to to step into business is if somebody else has thought things through. For me personally, I just did it wrong. You know, I it, it, the people are everything. You need you need ethical, capable people. Well, we've had. A lot of, I mean, over the years, um, guests on this show, we talk about partners. Oh, yeah. And, and what makes it's a partnership tough. work. And some do, do and some don't. It's been interesting um, you know, if you go back and sort of hear the advice that our guests are given on the partnership situation. And uh, it is. It's like a marriage, right? Right. It right. is. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, you don't actually love that person. So it's like, I think it's even harder. Whereas, like, at <laughs> well, least well, with marriage. Half, half of marriages end up divorced. Imagine what partnerships <laughs> exactly. are Exactly. Right? Yeah. right. 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 So, I now, did that, um, were you, 
nervous about the next time because obviously you have this entrepreneurial spirit and so your first dive into the waters as byron said was was a failure so um, how soon after that were you ready to get back on the horse I was ready pretty pretty soon after. Uh, it, it was a financial drain on us, though, so there was a lot of uh, making up I needed to do with Neil. I mean, he just he was he was pretty patient with the the, the loss of capital that we had. So, um, you know, the problem with I, I didn't stop thinking of ideas and what the next thing was I wanted to do. The question was the capital and and waiting in for the right moment. Um, and then two things happened. One, uh, our youngest daughter had aged out of the programs that Montgomery County had for her. So I had always known I wanted to create a small little business where she would have a place where she would be working. Um, and then my sister Patty was down here in Isle of Palms, and she was talking about what a great community it was and how it needed a coffee shop. So then I just started thinking, well, maybe maybe we can do something with those two things. Um, it grew much bigger than that because I, you know, I, I sit around and I dream, you know, so I was looking for where we might be able to do this, how we might be able to do this, what would be involved. Um, I built a house down here while I was thinking about that. Uh, and Neil was great with that because he I, <laughs> I called him. He was on a trip. Neil in, sounds <laughs> amazing. He was off in Europe and I, I called him and I said, um, I found a house that I think we're going to buy, you know, and he, I had bought it sight unseen. I knew we wanted to renovate something. And he just he's a very, very patient guy. And I think guy. it's good to note, too, um, everybody's situation is a little different. You all were in a place where Neil had a really good job. Exactly. Benefits were provided through that job. So it helped offset again some mitigate some of that risk. Exactly right. As if both of you were just going off and starting something from scratch. Exactly right. You had some balance to that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So how much time passed before you went from having this investment in the restaurant to just get a get, get a gauge on the timeline to moving here to Charleston, Isle of Palm? Ten years. Okay. Ten years. So there's a ten year gap to prepare yourself, take that experiences that you learned go and build it and do it, as you said earlier, the right way. Yeah. And honestly, I wasn't even sure that that was the thing I was going to do. I just knew I was going to do something. And I knew that as uh, Amelia aged out of those programs that, that, you know, the next phase was going to be something. And, and was California was now out of the picture? No, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't yet. It wasn't yet. You but, were still thinking that, okay, we're, we're, we're in Bethesda. Love Charleston, but yes. we're still going to get to the West Coast. Yes, still thought that might be where we ended up. But right. a few visits down here and seeing the community. The, the nice thing here in Isle of Palms is the, the community is so small and welcoming, and it just it made it possible to picture the support that we would need right there. And your original vision was to have a coffee shop. Yep. So yep. in our last few minutes before we run out of time here, talk about how – the evolution came to end up in a back in a restaurant, not a coffee shop. So I um, found this space located in a perfect spot, right in the parking lot of the Harris Teeter area, uh, or not in the park, but in the Harris Teeter Center on Isle of Palms. 
And as I was looking at it and thinking about it, it had been a sushi bar and it had an area that was perfect for a coffee shop and then this whole restaurant. And I started dreaming about that and thinking, well, I could do this, could do this. And I called Frank, the guy that I had been in that original business with, and said, ooh, please stop me. I'm about to do it again. <laughs> Don't let me do it. And by the end of our conversation, he said, Joss, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's get redemption. Let's do it right. So he, And he at that time was in D.C. So the two of us just decided to make this our space down here and start over. And so at that point in time, was it just you and Frank and in cahoots as partners? Uh, Frank and I, at the beginning, the you know majority, but my sister Patty was always a part of this whole thing. And she came in um, and she was, you know, she was nervous. She thought, well, this, we were just talking about a little coffee shop here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the three of us just jumped in and did it. Yeah. And just to, because I haven't been there, what did it turn into? It used, it's a restaurant, it's a coffee shop, it's a venue, it's a, yeah, tell us a little bit about what it, what so it, what it it's is. it's lovely. It's, um, it has, it does, it has a restaurant, a full bar, and a dining room. Um, and the idea we all always had was to kind of swing right through the three areas, you know, make them fluid. So you're, you can come in in the morning, have a perfect sort of coffee shop experience. You sit, we have people who just come in, t- turn on their computers and drink their coffee. Um, and then breakfast all day, every day, brunch all day, every day. Um, and then the bar, we have live music several nights a week. Um, we have acoustic music during Sunday brunch uh, and then the full dining room. What more could you want? You've got everything. <laughs> well, and I can tell you from, again, personal experience, last night I had the opportunity to come out to Refuge, have dinner, live jazz on Thursday night was phenomenal. The food was great. Uh, surf and turf, in case somebody's wondering. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. So a uh, good experience. And I know as any entrepreneur, you know, we talk about you, you kind of got over your uh, obstacle, you opened up the restaurant, but it all hasn't just been uh, flowers and sunshine. And so we're going to come back next week what? and talk a little bit about some of the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and running the restaurant and uh, talk about ho- sort of how you persevered and some advice that you'll give to uh, our listeners, if that's okay. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, Jocelyn, thank you so much again for your time. Jocelyn Lamont, again, who's co-owner of The Refuge out on the Isle of Palms. Look forward to having you back next Saturday morning to hear the rest of the story. Yep, and make sure to follow us beyond Saturday mornings and go to our Facebook page, Beyond the Business, or talk to us on Twitter at BTBCHS. And again, if you've missed any of our recent episodes or you want to catch up on just great listening of entrepreneurship and leadership, simply go to our website at CoastalWN.com. Click on the radio icon, and you can listen to a podcast of all of our shows over the last four years. And until next Saturday morning here on Beyond the Business, Low Country, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7.30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.